Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. It was no smut on my rep. Last time that I checked, I was selling zones in the set. Make a quarter mil, no sweat. Last time that I checked. I'm the streets voice out west legendary self made progress last time that I checked Rams Nation what's happening what's good it's your boy Bear Motter of Rams podcast but this is Locked On Rams it's Thursday edition of Locked On Rams we have got Derek C Apollo with us again from Rams Talk Radio Derek how are you doing my man it's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer <laughs> How's that? I love it. I, I man, I need that right about now. We talked before we got on here. It has been a hell of a day for me, and here we are. Uh, Got to give you mad props. It's seven o'clock Pacific time. You are at about ten o'clock East Coast time. So uh, we are throwing this thing together, no matter what happened today. Uh, but guys, make sure to go check out Derek on Twitter, DC Apollo on Twitter, and at Talk Rams. And that is for Rams Talk Radio. I get those confused all the time. You can also find them on ramstalk.net for all the articles and news and any podcast they're posting. Everything's going up there as well. Uh, And then before we get off and running, guys, make sure to go check out the new app, uh, streaming app Himalaya. Uh, We're working with them here at the Lockdown Rams Network, so you can check out all of our podcasts over there. And then, of course, obviously, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify were there as well. Uh, just when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Rams. You're off and running. But for today, uh, let's get off and running. The, the NFL owner meetings that happened, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and we'll probably talk about it for the next couple of days here. Uh, but a lot of things came out and some interesting things, and then just kind of some reports have surfaced. Uh, the Rams have been known to travel, obviously, uh, when they moved from St. Louis to L.A., that was kind of part of the deal. They had to be kind of voluntarily uh, added them into the international series. Uh, but now there's kind of rumors about Rams going to China in 2020 to play the San Francisco 49ers. They would actually be the away team. Uh, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that because you've been following the team for a long time. And and now this travel has been a big part of the Rams. Obviously, the Mexico trip canceled last year, but uh, we're going over to London this year. Are you a fan of this or not? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, I mean I only. I just look at this and go, it has to stop somewhere. The Rams have been going overseas time and time and time again. That are going to do it again this year. At some point, it puts the Rams at a disadvantage against the rest of the league. When you got to keep doing this, you're adding more mileage to your people. Right. If the NFL is really all that big in the China, then do it in the preseason. Yeah. Do it in the preseason. Why are you going to do this in the regular season and have to jump up the schedule, put this team out there, and expect them to perform peak? If you're caring about the end of, about your players' health, if you care about the product you're going to put in the field, then tell me how it's advantageous for you to have a team play on Sunday – or maybe even Thursday before, hop a flight to China, get acclimated to China, play there, and then they'll go on a probably a buy afterwards. Why? Tell me how that is conducive to quality football. It's not. It's just not. I don't see the advantage here. Yeah, and 
No, and, and I'm with you. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just kind of weird. I mean, and especially for the Rams to, I mean, my understanding uh, was this was our last year, and, and you know we were going to London, and we we're kind of off the hook after that. It was it was a three year series that we had to be a part of, and uh, maybe even due to that canceled trip that they may have to go one more year. But again, that wasn't the Rams' fault. I don't know how they keep getting pulled into this. I'm all about you know, kind of spreading the game. And I know that's the plan here, right? Is to that NBA and basketball has done such a great job. They've had a lot of, you know, they've had Yao Ming to really be that guy to carry the game over there, but the the game is huge over there. And that's really shown as far as money and value and and Jersey sales and other things like that. And so the NFL is drooling at that saying, how do we get a piece of that? Okay, well, we don't really have a player. So we just got to go, we got to go and we got to be there. I liked your idea of doing it in the preseason, because uh, everyone hates the preseason anyway, so go, so go give them a game over there. Uh, it's going to be football to them in any form, and you know maybe that's even a deal that you work with a team and say, hey, no one wants four games. Uh, some teams even have to play five if they're in that that first preseason game of the year. Uh, maybe maybe you say, hey, you go to China during the preseason, and instead of having four preseason games, you get uh, three. You know, you get that whole extra week to go over, acclimate do whatever press stuff you have to do. You play the game, you know, most of your starters don't play. So you're not risking that injury. Uh, and then you come back. Cause, cause I'm with you. It's just, there's so many logistic things. And then you're, you're dealing with, you know, those long flights and, you know, yeah, you got to set up the schedule perfect to where, you know, probably you, you like you said, you want to play on that Thursday, go over uh, and then come off a bye. But still, I, I just don't get it uh, for us, at least in this sense, you know, it doesn't rob the Rams of of a home game if if that ends up being the case, because uh, in the last few years, it, it really has. And, and so, you know, as far as season ticket holders and that whole mess last year with Mexico and people kind of getting robbed of uh, the tickets and whatnot and then reselling tickets. I was down in Mexico. I'm not a season ticket holder, but I was down in Mexico going, what the heck? This sucks. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just I don't know how I feel about it completely. Uh, I understand the, the, the goal of it. I just don't know if the execution or even just involving the Rams again uh, makes sense to me. Well, we talked about tonight in my show, and that is if you're really going to do this in China, do it in the preseason, and then don't do it one team. Don't do it two teams. Send five teams over there, okay? Have them, allow them to go to training camp early, to start training camp early. Send them to China early, and then rotate a series of games like a tour around China, and they can do their preseason games there. They bring them back, let them have a bye, and they can play. And they can start their NFL season. Okay, if you really want to do China right? Don't do one game. Right. Send them all. Send five teams over there. Do a tour, like kind of like what the Premier League teams do, like the you know the German leagues, uh, Bundesliga teams do, uh, La Liga do. They come over to America in July before their season starts, and they tour in the they tour the country, do the same thing, and then. It doesn't count in the standings. You give these players a unique experience they'll never have again. And you don't have to worry about the effect it's going to have in the regular season. You'll give them a bye week to week when they come back and two weeks come back on the field. That's how I would do it. But I'm just some some idiot and on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all we're all idiots with podcasts. And 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 you know what? You're right. I mean, that that's a great idea. And <clears throat> I mean the first you know, concept of bringing one team over there and during the season, the logistic nightmare that probably is just for that. I'm sure, you know, five teams is, is just a, a nightmare as far as logistics. But again, that's kind of what you're stepping into 
if you want this to happen and you might as well set it up for, like you said, going in, not just kind of uh, a drop of water into the big ocean, but go in there and try to make a splash, you know, try to get in there with a, a handful of teams, bring some teams that have some, you know, stars on it and do the whole publicity tour and go around and, you know, make it to where, you know, yes, it's football, but you're not going to, you know, pound these guys into the ground, you know, like the preseason and, you know, you get some, some run and people get to see some football live or man, heck send some AAF teams over there. They're about to go bankrupt. Just start sending any football and, and, and try to start there. But man, it, it's, I don't know about this. And I just feel, I feel bad for the Rams and, and the organization. I mean, maybe they're excited. I, I, we haven't really heard from them on this. This is still kind of in the rumor phase of it, but I mean, they're going over to London. They've been pretty good as far as being a uh, ambassador for the sport, but this is just kind of a next level uh, step. Yeah, for them. but Bear, don't forget this is also a rivalry game. So, you, with a rivalry game, you have Rams fans who go up to San Francisco. Very true. You know, this, so it's a big deal. You're going to send one of the you know one. This used to be one of the league's elite rivalries, and we're hoping it one day will be again. So, what are you going to do? You're going to ship it overseas? What makes no sense whatsoever? Don't do it. Put in the preseason. Very true. End of story. Yeah, it's like uh, telling Bears Packers they're going to head out overseas and, and see what happens. It just would never happen. They would never do it. So, uh, And, man, do I sure hope that the – and it's it's weird because, you know, I understand as as a – you know, you, you're a long, long-term Rams fan and, and hating the Niners has been fun for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of faded because it's never fun to – I mean, it's always kind of fun to hate on the Niners, but – uh, want to see them do a little bit better, you know, want to see some competitive nature. And I feel like this year could be the year we'll talk about that, um, you know, throughout the next couple of podcasts. Cause that's kind of where I want to start to turn is starting to look at these divisions and especially ours and seeing how it matches up because forever it's been, you know, last recent years, it's been the Seahawks at top and uh, you know, the Rams made a big push really, really fast and have really taken that division over. And, and there are the Niners. Everything seems to be, you know, they keep trying, they keep adding pieces that, Every year, it seems like there's a creative way to find them near the top, uh, and they just can't seem to do it. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. I got a couple more questions coming out of these uh, owner meetings. want to get to you, uh, but we're going to get a couple words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Thursday edition, Lockdown Rams, right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. We've got Derek Ciapala from Rams Talk Radio. That is at Talk Rams on Twitter. Uh, you can find our show at Locked On Rams at LA underscore Rambling Bear. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. You know, you name it, we probably got it. And if we don't, uh, we'll be there soon. Uh, so check us out. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe to the show. Uh, we kind of left off on some of this owner meetings, the China thing, which I think we can go back and forth for a whole episode just because there's so many ways to look at it. But I kind of want to go on to the next thing, which kind of caught some big reaction. Uh, we talked about it briefly yesterday on the show, but the new pass interference rule, uh, it's going to be reviewed. You can challenge it. Uh, last two minutes, it's going to come from the booth. It's just, I can't even wrap my mind on how this even got passed, but it got passed aggressively. It was 31 to 1. Uh, if you're in that room, are you voting yes or no? I'm voting no. I I don't, I think it's a reactionary rule. I think when you have a bunch of people complain about one thing at one time, 
the initial reactions. Let's go fix. Let's go do a fix right now. And you don't really have an idea of how it's going to affect your games. You don't know. So to me, the logical solution would be go test the rule in the preseason. See how it works out. Then study those results over the course of the season and then vote on it for the following season. Instead, you have a reactionary thing because everybody's mad about the Rams-Saints game. They go throw this in there, and they don't think about the ramifications about what happens afterwards. So the next argument's going to be, well, they're looking at pass interference calls. Why don't they look at holding calls? Yeah. Or why don't they look at this call or this call? And so you're setting a dangerous precedence and you're you're doing more, you're adding more rules now and more legislation in there to already mess up your jacked up refereeing system here, your 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 officials. These officials need help. They need more they need, and this isn't gonna do it. Okay. You wanna fix the problem with officiating? Go back to the root level, okay, and get back to on the on the ground with these guys and give them more options. The the one thing they should have done was they didn't do. Adding another official to the booth is focused solely on that. The coaches vote thirty-two nothing yeah. on that, and what they do, they don't even they don't even put that through. But they'll put through this, they'll just shoehorn, not even shoehorn, just ram it through, and not actually look at the effects it's going to have on the field. I just think it's a dumb thing to do. Yeah, I, I don't, I just don't get it either, man. And it, it, I'm going to continue to scratch my head until I start to see it in the preseason, and we start to see, you know, where it can be helpful. Because now it's just like. Any any penalty in pass interference instantly is going to be second guessed, doubted. You're going to have every coaching staff running around trying to you know have hand on the flag. And the biggest thing for the NFL game, we've seen it in Major League Baseball, is speeding up the game for us. You know, as we're watching, we want less commercial breaks. We want uh, you know less re- booth reviews because there were times, even last year, on on normal stuff that. The booth reviews took forever on stuff that we're all watching on TV going, that's pretty clear. Or, you know, maybe it's not clear. Let's move on. And now all of a sudden you're right. We're, we're nitpicking at what used to be a judgment call and what used to be part of the game. And, you know, especially late in the game, uh, you know, it's kind of that that thing that's kind of scary of all of a sudden you're going to try to pick up massive yards uh, by trying to bait a call. And it's really going to change the outcome of a lot of games uh, and it's just like, like you said, what's next? Like, is it blocking or holding or, you know, whatever it may be. It's just crazy to think that they're opening it up and that it was moved so fast. Like you said, like they didn't go through the typical, um, you know, trials of this whole thing to see, you know, really what is the benefit of it. So I haven't really heard a good argument for the other side of this is a great thing. And and I'd love to sit down with, you know, some of these guys that voted and, and just hear like where where are the over you know bearing positives that you see that yeah okay you want to get it right but at what cost and what is the other side of getting it right how many times are you gonna you know get it wrong or is it gonna be you know screwed up that other way and it, I don't know it's just it's taken away the judgment it's taken away that and it's it's kind of frustrating but man it's gonna be something that's gonna be debated I remember how mad everyone was about that. You know the the helmet to helmet, all the new rules. People seem to be kind of nitpicking, but this is this is one's big. Well, I, I look at it this way: they are trying to fix the problem through rule changes, and instead of fix the problem that's staring them in the face, and that is the quality of the officiating itself. Okay, 
that is something they should be focusing back on, not on the rule changes. The rule you're gonna you're gonna keep changing more and more rules and adding more things to the rule book. It's just gonna make it hard for the officials. Instead, get these officials back into the grassroots level. Focus on improving the quality of officiating games at a human level. And because I can go back 2000, 2001, 2001 season was really bad officiating. But over the course of 15 years, we've seen a downturn in the quality of officiating. And the NFL's answer is never, hey, let's revamp the system. It's just, well, let's just throw this rule in there. Let's depend on replay here. Listen, you can't replay everything. You can't challenge everything. You don't have enough challenge flags in the game. If you want to get it right, get these officials back in there and work on improving their training, improving their quality in the field. Yeah, you're right. That makes too much sense, though, right? Let's 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 you know add a few more people. Let's work on training. Let's get better officials. That makes too much sense. Let's just change the rule. <laughs> and that's sometimes, and I guess that's goes back to back of how we see the NFL looking at things. Uh, they look over some of those glaring things, right? That we see at eye level, and they're looking over at top at what they want to see, uh, and and that's just the way it is. But that's that's always been the NFL. They've always done it their way. Uh, and whether people, you know, are behind it or not, you just kind of suck it up because if you love football, you love football, and you, and we're gonna hate on it, but we're gonna still watch. So uh, we'll see how it goes. So we'll have to see it play out, and and you know how this goes. But right now, I think we're, we're both in agreement. Not not good for football at this point, but we'll see how it all happens. Um, I want to talk to you because we had spoke earlier in the year about all the free agents we had and uh, people we were interested in. And, and uh, one of the players that you mentioned that you were hoping we'd get back was Indomitian Sue. Obviously, we went out and spent some big money on Fowler and picked up a couple other guys and, and money has just run out. But Les Snead finally really kind of approached it and uh, when he was asked and said that, you know, basically at this point, there's no plans in returning uh, and Dominican Sue, just because there's there's no money for him. Uh, is this? I mean, we kind of all felt that, uh, but now that it's actually here, is it is it sad or is it kind of just like ah, it was it was a good one year run and and now we move on? Well, I wish he was back. I do. I think he finally figured it out with his team late in the year. But at some point, you decide what do you really want at your age? Do you want a Super Bowl or are you looking for money? What do you really want? And if he wants a shot at the Super Bowl, there's no better fit for him than the Rams, period. And that means taking a pay cut. And so if he's not willing to take that pay cut, if he's looking for something else, then, you know, good for him. Good for him. You know, that's the decision you make. Is I, I'm not going to judge any one man on any call they make. And honestly, we don't even know if the Rams would be willing to pay him, period, if he wanted to come back. Like, it's, is there's $4.8 million, uh, was what Lindsey Theory mentioned on Twitter. The pre-SPN, but what they have for operating uh, cap room right now, how much that would they be willing to spend on them anyways? I mean, you're talking about a guy who will probably right. command 11, 12, 13 million dollars this offseason. But, but I mean, but I mean, no one signed him yet. Yeah, I was really waiting for him to, like you said, come to the table and say, hey, look, I know I'm, I command this, but I can, and maybe they had those talks. Maybe that's kind of why the Rams started going, well, we don't really even want to give you eight million, you know. You know, if he's willing to come and go, okay, I'll take five, six million. And even at this point, we don't really have even that, right? So, um, you know, there must have been either some internal 
communication or like you said, they got together and said, what do we really want? You know, do we want youth and we want some someone that we actually saw come in and, and give some pressure and then also bring in some other leadership roles and really looking at maybe we can get two veteran guys like they did in Matthews and Weddles for the price of, you know, Sue. So they're going to you know, hey, we're gonna get two for one at two different positions and maybe we'll go that route instead of putting all of that money into one guy that although picked it up at the end of the year, you're thinking, you know, it was that quote unquote playoff Sue or, or did he really just really start figuring it out and we're going to get that production all year long. So, uh, and Sue, although he, he doesn't seem like a guy at the same time that he will take a, a quote unquote discount, but still has this value of like, I'm in Dominican Sue, you know, carries himself a certain way. And there's still probably a line where he's like, I'm not taking that amount of money. Even if I want a Super Bowl, I'll go somewhere else that has some more money to spend and he may still go and chase that Super Bowl. You know, the Saints were really interested in last year, uh, a couple other top tier teams. So, you know, maybe he goes that route. But you're right. He's still he's still out there. Still a handful of guys out there. Uh, Sue's one of them. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if we, you know, look to see him on a team that, you know, we'll play this year. Be fun to kind of go up against them. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer that they didn't get to, you know, finish the way they wanted to. But one year we got some good play out of them. Uh, hopefully he, you know, wish him the best of luck. Uh, you know, whatever team he goes to, unless it's in the, unless it's in the uh, NFC West, then we're gonna have some problems. Uh, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna step aside. We're gonna take our second break. We'll be back. Third edition right after this. Lockdown Rams Thursday. Bear and Derek will be right back. All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at DC Apollo, at Talk Rams, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Locked On Rams. You also remember can find us on the new streaming app Himalaya. Uh, all of our podcasts from the Locked On podcast group are up there. Go check it out. Really cool. Uh, San Francisco startup that is kind of trying to change the game as far as podcast and streaming. So go check them out. Uh, as we kind of wrap this thing up, I got a couple things. You know, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things that came out. Um, McVeigh basically said that he feels pretty settled with the running backs that we have right now with Todd Gurley and bringing back Brown. Uh, there's still some questions on will they look at someone in the draft. And even hearing that, you know, you're kind of like, so I guess that means we're out on CJ. Uh do you think it's the end of the road for the CJ talk? Do you think it's time to just move on for that? Um, and are you buying, you know, McVeigh when he says he feels settled at the running back position? I think they must have a lot of confidence in John Kelly. Right. Right now. I I, I would say with 4.8 left, I would wait and see what happens. I think you would probably want CJ back, but – there's no room to grow for John Kelly and these other guys if CJ's there. there. I mean, there's maybe no carries for him. There's going to be lesser opportunities for them. So maybe the Rams are saying, you know what? We're thankful for what CJ did, but, you know, let's give these young – we, we drafted them for a reason. Let's go, let's go see what they can do. But yeah, maybe they're just waiting for free to pan out more. Maybe they're waiting to see who goes where. Maybe they're waiting to see if they can get him a bargain bin again. And we also don't know with CJ – he I mean, post that tweet about, you know, all he wants is an opportunity for 16. So maybe he's not coming back to the Rams because he wants to start somewhere. Maybe he's waiting for his opportunity to come. So we'll see. I, I 
I think the odds are pretty pretty low he's back, but man, I, I really enjoy watching him play. Gotta be honest. Yeah, I'm with you. He was fun to watch, and you know, I hope he gets on with someone and gets a chance to to get some run because I think he's still got some. Uh, I think he's got plenty of gas in the tank there, but. Uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're done, and I think he said it best. Really, I think that really goes into showing how much they think of John Kelly. They really took him slow last year. Uh, we finally saw him near the end of the season, but they they really knew what they wanted as far as the game plan. And just looking over the last couple of years, some of the guys that you know had rookie years that weren't very impressive, and then kind of stepped it up in their second year. I mean, even just looking at Reynolds and you know Ibukum and you know Cooper Cup, you know, kind of exploding onto the scene even more last year and. Uh, you know, the tight ends and uh, Gerald Everett and Higby, both those guys in their second year definitely took steps forward uh, compared to their first year. So maybe it's kind of that thing is that, you know, we're, we're expecting the same from Noteboom, uh, Allen, all these second year guys that didn't get a lot of chance that now the Rams are going, hey, we didn't draft you just to be a backup, man. We, we really saw something in you. You're going to have to fill holes for us. And that kind of goes back to, uh, you know, what we're hoping out of John Kelly. And we saw some of the explosiveness in the preseason. So, uh, you know, we both talked about it a handful of times on here with Brown and the injuries and if he can stay healthy or not. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you really have to think that they're confident as far as John Kelly. And, and I'm excited. I mean, you saw some of the things that he did and, um, you know, you think of what the really the top end can be if it's not Brown, uh, him coming in there and doing some things. So uh, and one of the guys I just mentioned and talking about excitement is Samson Ibukum. He actually, there was an LA Sports Awards the other day, and he took home the moment of the year for his performance in the Monday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, he put up those two touchdowns. He was all over the field. Uh, he had some big hits on the quarterback. Uh, as you take a look back, what's your moment of the year for the Los Angeles Rams? The NFC Championship game. Mm. I, I, I know people love that Kansas City game, and it's very special, and there's a lot of special things about it. But this is a game where the team got a chance at the Super Bowl, and they're in and the, that first quarter where Jared Goff can't hear anything in there, nobody can hear anything, and they're showing them offensively. Uh, New Orleans is doing pretty much whatever they want, and then for the last three quarters, yes, Saints fans, the last three quarters, <laughs> okay, the Rams controlled that game and slowly but surely got back into it and win on a on a kick late. So to me, that's the moment of the year for me was. Just coming back in such a hostile place, the game-winning field goal, the interception, the the, the sack, the, you know, the force interception. I all those things are really special, and that even includes the blown PI call. It, it just there was so much soap opera around that game, you know, for such a critical moment. That's why it's the moment of the year, and I can see someone just screaming, going, "Well, no, Kansas City game, that was it." Fine, but only one of those games was for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, I love it. I loved you going somewhere else anyway because, you know, that would have been a, an easy pick, right? And I think that's why he won the award because it was, I mean, it was special watching that game. You just felt it with all the circumstance and everything, and that place was rocking and, you know, two of the best teams and, you know, 100 and whatever, 10 points or whatever it was, third highest scoring game in NFL history. I mean, it was, it was jam-packed. But you're right. I mean, there was, you know, there was – a couple other games this year and moments and you know you picked the one which you know has some controversy and you know but got us the Super Bowl got us to see that ultimate uh you know ending as far as the NFC championship um but I, I even love you know kind of looking at 
Um, that Minnesota game early in the year was a really fun game. I was actually traveling uh, and was out hanging out with some buddies during a bachelor party out in Chicago, and everyone was giving me crap about, you know, the Rams are, you know, suck, and blah, blah, you know, they're just kind of talking trash. And then we got to watch that game and another great game with, you know, Jared Goff, who was, you know, continues to get criticism. Uh, but that was probably one of his better games of the year, just watching him throw the ball with ease and put the ball, you know, the the ball and the money to Cooper Cup. So that, that was a really good one for me. I even go to the the game before that uh, NFC championship game, and that's, you know, the Dallas Cowboys game at home. You know, finally crossing over that pinnacle from the year before where they had a great season uh, under the McVay era and, and then fell short in the playoffs. Just getting in front of the L.A. crowd in the playoff scenario and winning and then also holding off the Cowboys because, you know, it did get interesting late and watching those guys be able to close out a game and also seeing the defense step up, you know, and, and be able to hold Zeke to, you know, very minimal. I think he had like 40 yards rushing or something like that. Uh, so that was another really fun moment. But there is, I mean, just stack that Denver game was really awesome on the road. This Both Seattle games where it came down to basically a fourth down conversion uh, Jared Goff on the QB sneak was probably another one of those moments that I just loved as a team on the road coming off the field and, you know, obviously off a timeout and then they go back out there and the QB sneak up the middle. So this team, as you kind of look back at that Super Bowl run, you know, you need a lot of those moments. You're not going to have a really boring season on the way to the Super Bowl. You're going to need things to happen in the NFL. And that season last year was just jam packed full of events, but, uh, yeah, a bunch of fun ones, and and you know, hopefully, uh, we'll restack those up next year uh, in the 2019 season. But uh, I thought I I thought I'd do that fun way to kind of end the show because you know, talking all this stuff, you kind of forget of the big picture sometimes, and it hurts to go back. I actually watched the Super Bowl uh, a few days ago, and it, it kind of hurt again. And I was like, man, I need to I need to cheer up a little bit. So I wanted to kind of run down memory lane. Uh, but guys, make sure to go give us all a follow. Uh, we mentioned it, DC Apollo on Twitter at Talk Rams, also LA underscore Rambling Bear. Derek, I appreciate it so much. Uh, look forward to. I got to jump on over. I know you've invited me a couple times. It's always kind of I'm in the middle of a move right now, but I got to come over and say what's up to you guys uh, over on Talk Rams and and jump on one of the what four podcasts now. Uh, who knows. <laughs> 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 we've we've got a couple, and then we had a couple, you know we have one of our guys had a baby, and we you know so that well he didn't have a baby that would be kind of biologically impossible. But what I'm saying is you know that's that'd be great, that'd be a story. You know, so this depends on the week we have. You know, lots of plans for podcasts this fall. We have you know a film study podcast coming. So you know, we're a, busy a film st- uh, like uh, breaking down the film. Yes. Okay, I was like, whoa, no, we're going, Norm's we're going gonna to do Hollywood that. on this? Okay. <laughs> Norm's going to do it. Awesome. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, stay tuned to all that good stuff. Uh, Derek will be back on the show again. Uh, we've got lots to get to. I, like I said, I want to get to start breaking down our division and start looking at the year to come and starting, you know, maybe we can even go over the schedule and break it down game by game and start to think about how matchups are going to look as teams are really starting to come together. Uh, maybe we'll do that after the draft and see where everyone's at. But Man, you mentioned the the Niners when we were talking earlier, when we were doing the the China talk, and you know this team is preparing and building themselves to compete with the Rams twice a year and to compete for this division. So, a um, lot to get to there. Well, more than that, they're doing they're they're building to beat the Rams. Exactly what they're doing defensively is the, is 
set to beat the Rams. I, exactly, and that's what makes it interesting because when they went and got Jimmy G, that was that was kind of what it, it felt like. The move was we got to make a splash. Uh, you know, we got to you know build this offense to go score points too. Uh, and then all of a sudden they realized, okay, the offense you know never really got there, obviously due to injury. And then you know here we are just seeing, like you said, building this defense to beat the Rams to take some of the models from the Bears and the Patriots and. Uh, the Eagles and, the, and those tough matchups that we saw and and stack a defense like that and really to try to make some matchup uh, difficulties. But uh, we'll break that all down because I'm excited to kind of get into that. That'll be a fun podcast. Uh, but check us out. Uh, go back, check out some of the old podcasts that we did. We got awesome conversations in the past. Uh, but with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. It was no smut on my rep last time that I checked. I was selling zones in the set. Make a quarter mil, no sweat last time that I checked. I'm the streets voice out west. Legendary self-made progress last time that I checked.